going to go ahead and get started. If you would, turn to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua. You're down, you're down to third string Sunday school teacher this morning. How about that? Uh, <laughs> we'll find out. Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. And we are up to the battle of Jericho. And uh, amazing, probably one of, one of the greatest victories. And uh, the Lord kind of reserves this victory. He does this on purpose. Uh, this will be the first place that Israel goes ahead and attacks and uh, takes on in the promised land. And it is all done. Ultimately, this entire battle is based upon uh, the Lord. It is based upon his victory, and it is based upon his success. Uh, that's why all of the spoil was supposed to go to him. Uh, this is all about him and all about his glory and all about his leading and guiding the nation of Israel into the promised land. Uh, this is an amazing fight that uh, really, truly shows the power of God, but also it shows the willingness of Joshua. And so Joshua chapter 5, we'll pick up in verse uh, number 13. And I'm going to try not to read entire chapters this morning, but uh, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 is where we'll start today. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went on to him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Uh, now here the, the, uh, Joshua meets this man, and this man is very particular. We're going to talk about him for a little bit, and then we'll, uh, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about the battle the rest of the way. But... Let's have a word of prayer and we'll see, uh, we'll see the Lord's victory here in Jericho. Father, I thank you for the morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for being such a compassionate and a loving Savior. And Father, we pray you would bless us as we look at the Word of God this morning, that, uh, Father, your Word would have free course, that your Holy Spirit would be able to work, Father, even in a uh, familiar place in the Scriptures, probably to many, if not most, in the room. Lord, we do pray that you would bless our time together, help us to see some things, be reminded of some things, be encouraged about some things this morning, especially, Lord, as the day-to-day -day we fight and we, Father, sometimes take on great battles that we could never be able to take care of without our Savior. And Lord, once again, we pray you would work in our hearts today, bless the services, bless the Sunday school hour, especially now. And Lord, we pray you would come back soon to take us home. We'd love to see you even today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, Joshua ultimately is coming up against Jericho, and Jericho is a closed, walled city. Uh, you see that throughout, uh, and uh, they're shut up because of the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, chapter 6 and verse 1. Uh, they've closed it up tight. They know the children of Israel are coming. They're intimidated by that, uh, but their answer is our fortifications are more than enough. And so we'll go ahead and close up the city, and we'll go ahead and protect ourselves, and we'll be fine. And uh, so here's Joshua, and he's kind of trying to figure it out. Joshua is one of the great generals 
Uh, and he's ultimately, he's standing there, he's, he's spying the place out a little bit, right? He's looking down at Jericho. He's trying to figure out what he's going to do. Uh, he's trying to look at a battle plan. He's probably trying to look for weaknesses. He's looking, he's looking things over. He's standing over Jericho trying to figure out how am I going to penetrate that city and take it? That's, we're supposed to be able to do that. How am I going to do that? Uh, if he's any logical man, any military man, that's what he's going to do, right? He's going to stand there. He's going to try and watch the city, look for weaknesses, find places in the wall he could possibly get through, see if there's any areas where they, they let something in, see if he can figure out a way logically to get in. And as he's looking around, he sees this man. And this man shows up, and his title is, uh, he is the captain of the Lord's host, in verse number 15 here of Joshua chapter 5. He's captain of the Lord's host. Now, uh, this is particular. Uh, Joshua falls down and worships him. Well, that means he's not just some angel standing there. Every other angel in the scriptures, get up. <laughs> Don't worship me. Uh, so this is, of course, somebody in particular. This would be, of course, the captain of the Lord's host would be a pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ. He is God come down and he is purposely showing off and he's got a sword in his hand and he looks like he's ready to fight and that's because the battle is going to be the Lord's. Uh, Psalm chapter 24 and verse number 10, if you'd like scripture on that, uh, he makes the statement, Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. There he is. He is the king of glory, Selah. Uh, you get that in, in Psalm 24.10. Uh, we know that this is Jesus. This is God showing up. And he's the captain of the Lord's host. And he's ready to fight. And it's, it's strange because the question comes, are you for us or for our adversaries? And his answer is neither. <laughs> you go, well, the Lord's got to be on my side. No, he doesn't. <laughs> In case you're curious, God has his own side in everything. And when a man's ways please himself, the Lord will agree with him and it'll be great. No, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Now you say, well, how does he do that? Sometimes he conquers them like Jericho. They're at peace after they get destroyed. <laughs> there is... There's no more contention with, the, with Jericho when the Lord takes them down and destroys them. Uh, sometimes that's the way the enemy becomes at peace with someone. Uh, you realize that, uh, I'm going to just give some simple examples. Uh, the truth is that uh, you fight a war and the reason you fight the war is to break the will of the enemy so that they become at peace with you. At least that's the way warfare is supposed to be. <laughs> you fight, the, that's, you know, you kind of fly over and you drop an atomic bomb and then you drop a second one to make sure they know what you mean. And then they go, okay, and they surrender on the deck of the ship and make sure they sign all. Why do they do that? They surrender because you showed a greater force and you said, I will destroy you if you do not yield and we will have peace. <laughs> Say, what keeps peace? Overcoming. <laughs> That's what keeps peace. So some days, you know what the Lord does? He destroys his enemies and says, okay, we have peace now. Why? Because there's nobody left to fight me. Uh, how are you going to have peace in the millennium? Isn't, the, isn't that a time of peace? thousand years of peace, no warfare. 
Why? Because the king of the universe stepped down out of the glories of heaven, conquered the world, threw his enemy into a pit, and uh, along with the beast and the false prophet in a lake of fire for a thousand years, he reigns in peace. Why? Because there's no enemies to fight him. Who's going to go up against him? They finally go up against him again when somebody is willing to rise up to go up against him. And they lose immediately. It's the showing of force. And sometimes that's the way the Lord takes care of it. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes he changes their heart. Because the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he turneth it whithersoever he will. Sometimes they turn and they recognize, hey, you know what? I, I, why am I fighting this? And the Lord opens their eyes to the truth and they change. He can do it either way. But it's up to them whether their heart will change. It's what he had to do to Pharaoh. He had to break him. If you're willing to change and get on God's page, you know what you'll be? You'll be at peace. If you're not willing to get on God's page, the enemies of God will be destroyed. That's, that's just simple. That sounds, that sounds too clean and cut and dry, and that's just too simple. The Lord doesn't make things complicated. We make things complicated. He doesn't make things complicated. He keeps everything pretty simple. It's this or that. Okay, we're done. And one way or another, the Lord will bring peace. And so uh, you get here and he's the Lord of hosts. And you find out here in Joshua chapter 5 that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ comes down. He's going to lead in the battle. He's going to give the orders here in just a moment. And he's going to give the orders. But amazingly enough, uh, you and I get no public victories without experience, uh, unless we experience the worship of the Lord in private. Joshua's all by himself. You ever get alone to think, right? I want to plan, I want to think, I, I got to get, you know, everybody leave me alone, I got I to gotta focus. And so you kind of get alone, right? And you start thinking and you're praying and you're trying to figure out what you should do. And, you're, and you get all by yourself and you come up with this great idea. And so he's by himself. He's in private. He's not, this isn't a big public showing to everybody. And Lord of Hosts shows up and he says, you for us or against us? He says, neither. <laughs> I'm captain of the Lord of Hosts. I'm over his army. So it's going to be his interests I'm going to take care of today. And he says, Joshua, I want your interests to be my interests, ultimately. And so he makes sure he understands. Notice what he has to do. Joshua falls on his face and he worships him. He worships, then he takes his shoes off because the place is holy. He humbles himself. And then he goes ahead in chapter 6, he listens to what God tells him to do in chapter 6. So then he goes ahead and uh, turns all of his plans over to the one who's in charge. Well, I thought Joshua was in charge. No, he's not in charge. He's handing things over to the one who's actually in charge. So what does he have? He's got humble worship with a holy walk so he can fight a heavenly warfare. We oftentimes want to get the warfare and get our victory when we don't have anything in private to give us the power to do it. Joshua gets things squared away. He humbles himself. He resigns himself to the captain of the Lord of hosts. He goes ahead and says, okay. And he goes ahead and gets down and he chooses to follow the command of his leader, knowing who the leader is. That is oftentimes our difficulty. 
By the way, the children of Israel are about to follow that same command from the one who gave them the vision, and they never saw the captain of the Lord of hosts. I'll get to that here in just a minute. But uh, you have Jesus Christ is there, and uh, it reminds you, it reminds you of certain things. Exodus chapter 3, Moses at the burning bush, right? Go and do it. <laughs> I am that I am. I sent you. I'm, I'm the one. Uh, you've got, um, of course, the reminder that you and I are soldiers in Timothy. And we're supposed to war a good warfare. And we're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. And we're supposed to lay hold on eternal life. And we're supposed to do that. And in 2 Timothy 2, we're not supposed to get entangled uh, with this life, with the affairs of this life, that we may please him who hath chosen us to be a soldier. Uh, you've got all those places, he says in Ephesians chapter 6, of course, that we're supposed to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God and how we're supposed to stand against the wiles of the doubtable. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And it gives you the entirety of the armor and how we're to stand and we're to fight. Well, where do you get all that? You get all that because uh, you're supposed to be a soldier listening to the captain of the Lord's host. We have somebody who's in charge, and he's supposed to lead, and it's him who's leading. And if it's not him who's leading, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, as a soldier individual, you'll be in trouble. As a church, we'll be in trouble. As a family, you'll be in trouble. As a nation, you'll be in trouble. It's, it, it's replete. He does it over and over and over again. Uh, if, it's not, if he's not uh, leading on the small level, you know what he won't be? He won't be leading on the larger if he's not, this is amazing to me, people can't figure out. If the Lord is not leading you personally, how is he going to work your marriage to be, to be good? He's not leading your marriage. Well, then he's not leading your home with your children. If he's not leading you personally, he's not going to lead in your family. If he's not leading you personally, how can he lead in your church? If he's not leading you personally, how can he lead you at your job? If he's not leading you personally, how can he work things out to his benefit, which is your benefit? It is all about that personal walk, that private walk with him. If it is not there on a personal level, there is no reason for it to be on a greater level. It is the base, it's the foundation of what we have. The foundation of what you and I have, our victories are all based upon our own private walk with God. You don't get Jericho's without a private meeting with God. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. You say, well, you know, the Lord is good to me here and he's taking care of this. Uh, let me slide this in here. Uh, when, you get, when you get saved, the Lord takes care of a whole lot of things because you're a baby. And he blesses and he helps and he dumps more stuff in. But there comes a time when he goes, okay, it's time to prove that you're actually going to live. And the choice is yours. Will you still walk with me when trouble comes? Will you still walk with me when things aren't just hand-wrapped and gift to you? Will you still walk with will you actually try and seek the Lord early that you may find him? Or are you going to just wander about like you always have? You know, well, why does God do that? Because it's the proof of whether you'll worship him in private and humble yourself in private so that he can give you a victory in public. 
But people hit that spot, and you know what they do? They don't want to stay with him. Well, God's just not treating me like he used to. Well, it's not just the same as it used to be, because you're refusing to grow. You're refusing to continue the walk. He wants you to start growing. Well, how do you prove that? You let somebody stand up and start walking until they fall over. You've seen it with your own kids. I've seen it with mine. They start walking. You've seen it with siblings. You've seen it with, what do they do? They fall down an awful lot, <laughs> right? When they first start trying to walk, they just fall down all the time. Uriah has been walking for a while. He still falls down all the time. Sometimes it takes a while to not fall down all the time. And I'm going to talk about that in my morning message, so I'm not going to get into that too far. But the truth is, our victories stem from our personal, humble walk with God. And if you don't have that, it is awfully hard for you to get any victories. It is certainly more difficult for you to get lasting victories. So what does that mean? That means you can go ahead and in strength of will, you can put down some things. And you go, well, I'm going to do this. But without God and without his power, you and I are going to go right back to the things that we have put down ourselves. Say, I don't know about that then you aren't breathing. You had not seen that enough times in your life. You haven't seen that enough times in somebody else's life. You haven't seen. If you want to continue in your own strength, you know what you'll do? You'll fight the same battles over and over again. Because you haven't figured out how to walk with God and worship God and go ahead and let him lead. Anyways, I spent too long on this. Joshua chapter 6, you find these these folks, and uh, I won't read the whole chapter. We could. I won't read the whole chapter, all 27 verses. I will kind of look down some of these places, but, <clears throat> excuse me, he's going to go ahead, and in chapter 6, we're going we're gonna to get the victory right here. Uh, we're, we're going after, we're conquering now. Uh, and so he's going to come in. Now, what are the orders? Well, uh, in verse number 1, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. There is no openings here. The Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. The Lord's statement is, battle's already done, guys. I have given thee. I've already done this. In God's mind, this is finished. Now, this is a fun little side note. I'm not, this isn't, I don't know if this is even in the notes right here. Uh, but the truth is, God already has your victories. It's whether you'll listen to get the ones he's already given. If Joshua decides not to listen, Jesus is, the Lord's statement right here is, I have given you Jericho. It's yours if you want it. But you better do it my way or you don't get it. All your victories are already secured if you'd be willing to follow the one who gives you the victories. That is an amazing truth that we have a hard time realizing. All victory is accessible. You know what God did? He made you more than conquerors through him that loved us. Well, that means all of the, you're more than a conqueror. That means you've done more than just conquer it. You've pretty well annihilated whatever the enemy was. In the eyes of God, that is who we are. Our problem is we don't realize that, 
And instead of getting our victory through what Jesus Christ tells us to do and what the Bible has shown us, we go ahead and try to do it in our own wisdom, our own strength, our own ability, and we keep relying on ourselves so much that God goes, hey, I have a victory right here, but we don't take that victory because we choose not to do it His way. We don't approach it humbly. We don't approach it with worship of God. We don't listen to His orders. We don't walk in His ways. We choose. Those are choices. The victories are all there. It's the choice. And here He is, and He's going to choose. And here's the order. Verse 3, You shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thou shalt do, uh, thou, thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. This is the great battle plan. The great battle plan is to do things that are completely against everything you and I would normally think of in regular warfare. Sound familiar? The Lord's unconventional means of you getting victories. You, how do I put this? I stand here and uh, or I sit in my office, or we go and talk, and you ask me the question, and I ask you, I ask you first question almost every time. How's your relationship with the Lord? Are you reading? How's your prayer life? What are you doing? Invariably, the answer to that statement is, well, it could be better. And what that means is, it means lousy. That's what that means. You think we don't know that. I don't know why. Uh, it always makes you try to sound like you're not as horrible as you know you are. I haven't read my Bible in a month, but I did read it a month ago, so, I, you know, it's not as good as it should be. You're like, okay. We know that you're just trying to make yourself look good. But anyways, uh, right, it's not what it should be. Well, nobody says what it should be. The question is, are you doing it? I, I ask, is anybody reading as much as they probably should be? Is anybody praying as long as they probably should be? Is anybody, more than likely, we all could be like, yeah, I probably, I probably slacked off that day right there, and I probably missed here, and maybe I should be doing more here. All right, if I asked you, well, you know, have you witnessed as much as you should, we'd all be like, I'm a human being. Of course I haven't, right? That's not the question. The question is, do you have a day-to-day -day walk with him? Most of the time, the answer to that question, when someone started to have problems, is automatically no. Now, that's indicative. That, that begins, and people go, well, it can't be that simple to fix problems. Sometimes it is that simple to fix problems. Who's the one who gives you strength, wisdom, understanding, and victories? Well, how do you know where those victories are or where they come from or how to gain them? There's only two ways of communication. <laughs> that's it. It is you talking to the Lord in prayer and the Lord talking to you through a Bible. Now I will mention this. The testimony we got Sunday night, I do not believe in visions and dreams. Feel free to ask me about that later. 
There's one reason and one reason only I let him do that. Well, two, I guess. One is I was being very gracious. And two, uh, in my office, he goes, I didn't even talk about this if it didn't match up with all these Bible verses. And he started giving me Bible verses. And I went, okay, I will let that slide with your little weirdness. And then you know what he does? He stands up and doesn't say anything about the Bible. And uh, so that was, you know, shoot myself in the foot. Thank you. Um, appreciate you. So don't, I'm not going all charismatic on you, all right? I promise. Uh, so visions and dreams, that was done. If you have a question about it, I will gladly answer it. We'll go into the Acts and it's all gone. Anyways, uh, carrying on. I got over there, but I wasn't real happy about it. Um, I was trying not to make too many terrible faces standing here while he was talking. Um, And uh, here he is. And our problem is our walk with him is literally that's it. Are you praying and are you reading? Are you praying and are you reading? And reading to understand. Not just I checked a box. Not just I threw up a quick prayer before I ate. Not just It's an actual relationship. with. Do you have any relationship with him? If you don't have a relationship with him, you know what you'll find? You'll find that nothing really works well. You say, boy, you're hammering on that real hard this morning. And then you wonder why you don't have a victory, though. One of the things we're doing with the HOPE program, Brother Larry and I are in particular writing most of it. We're getting a lot of help from some others. One of the things we're trying to instill is the idea of your relationship with the Lord is paramount. We're trying to get that thought process across. Now you're taking someone who is more than likely in, in a depress, depressive and oppressive addiction and trying to bring them into the light. And if they're lost, you're trying to get them saved. And then from saved, you're trying to get them a walk and a relationship with the Lord to replace the terrible walk in the life that they had. But the truth is, all of us have come up from our own horrible pit, right? And pulled us up out of that miry clay. And he had to pull us all up out of a nasty little hole that we were in, no matter what that hole was, and put us on a rock to what? Establish our goings, <laughs> And either he's establishing your goings or you're probably sinking back into a muddy pit. So you can get victory or not. It's a silly idea, but the idea for the rest of us is, well, this looks like a really bad plan. And God goes, yeah, but it's real simple. This isn't a lot of work. I mean, if you think about a war and a battle and you going in and you trying to besiege a city and take the city that is fortified, that is a great loss of casualties. I mean, you have loss of life immensely if you're going up against a fortified position. That's automatic. They have the high ground, they have the walls, they have the protection, you have nothing as you approach. Now you're going to try to get through a massively fortified city, which is one of the most fortified cities and probably the most fortified city that they face in the entire campaign to take the nation of Israel and to go ahead and secure all the land of Canaan for themselves. And here they are, and they're going to come up against that. And you realize that walking around the city causes zero loss of life to the nation of Israel? This plan albeit 
foolish in normal eyes is one where God goes, I can get all the glory and you get no loss of life. How's that for protection? This is a foolish plan. Okay, just read your Bible and pray. The Lord will give you some great victories. That doesn't make any sense. It rarely does. Anyways, I'm going to move on before I stay here for the entire time. And so uh, you recognize the fact that this is probably humiliating for the nation of Israel. Could you imagine how it is? You walk around the city, these guys are watching you. What are they doing? They're laughing. They make fun of you. Like, what do you expect this to do? Walk around and scare us? Come on. You aren't coming in here. Making fun of them. Going ahead and mocking. You realize that those in Jericho probably, you know what? They're... Their thing, and everybody's following Joshua and the ark, and they're going around, and, and you, don't, you don't think everybody's in line is going, what are we doing? Sometimes the one leading is the only one who got to see the Lord of hosts. Husbands, sometimes you're the only one that gets to see him. And that's what makes it hard for your wife to go ahead and follow you. Sometimes the vision doesn't come to everybody. Sometimes the Lord of hosts shows up to one person in private and says, this is what I need. And you have to listen. And everybody will think you're crazy. And it'll be a dumb plan. And sometimes you're going to have to recognize you're the one who's supposed to follow. And you're going to have to go, this is a dumb plan, but the Lord told him, so I'm going to go ahead and follow. I don't think this is a good idea. Okay, but the Lord's showing me right here. Well, okay, I guess I'll yield. That's one of the hardest parts, is to go, I'm not the one who's responsible, they are, and so I'm going to go ahead and listen. And I'm going to follow. And I don't understand it. You realize we are in a building today because not everybody understood it. But people were willing to follow it. Pastor Legault looked around and said, we need it. The Lord said, let's do it. And he said, okay. And everybody went, I don't see it, but we'll do it. And here we are. How does that work? That works in your spiritual walk. That works in your physical walk. You're going to have to trust that God is leading, even when it doesn't make sense. Because the results of obeying God is that the walls of Jericho fall down. It looks dumb and it looks silly and the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And so you walk around the city and you do that six days and then the seventh day you walk around seven times and then they blow the trumpets and when the trumpet blasts long, then everybody shouts. By the way, I'll slide this in just because. You know what's amazing? One of the stipulations for victory was that everyone shouted. What keeps God from bringing walls down? 
when everybody's not allowed, not involved, and they decide they don't want to listen? What keeps what keeps a family from victory? What keeps a church from victory? What keeps a nation? Oh, I I don't matter. You mattered right there. If someone stays quiet, do the walls fall? Oh, well, I mean, of course, God wouldn't do that to them. One stayed quiet, according to the verse. Everyone has to shout. If everyone doesn't shout, you know what you don't get? You don't get the walls down. Oh, but I don't matter. What I think doesn't matter. What I do doesn't matter. How I live doesn't matter. What I say doesn't matter. Whether I get excited, whether I shout, whether I'm willing to, doesn't matter. It matters. It matters because you may be stopping God from doing a great victory for someone. Maybe not for you, but maybe for somebody else. Faith is the thing that overcomes all obstacles. You realize they had to trust that God was right. They had to trust that Joshua knew what he was doing. And they had to trust that the Lord told him and that the word of the Lord was good and that they could trust him. And that the memory verse, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith. Then you have to trust him. You have to trust that when God said, if you go around that city and you go around that city and you go around that city and over and over you go around that city and then seven days you go around that city, on the seventh day you do, that it's actually going to do it. Well, would prayer and Bible reading actually help me? Would, uh, you know, trying to be humble before the Lord, would he go ahead and exalt me in due time? Well, that's what he says he'd do. Well, could God really give me a victory? That's what he says he'd do. Well, could God really keep my family together? Could God really work in my life? Could God really use me? Could God really? He says he can. Would you believe him? Well, it's a terrible plan. I'm a terrible plan. I'm a terrible plan. I didn't want this. My answer was, I don't want this. I'm, I'm going to go make money. And the Lord said, uh, I got a different plan. And I ignored that plan for a while. I tried to. I tried to fight it. I tried to do all those things. The Lord said, no, I got a better plan. Say, so was it a better plan? I think so. Maybe you don't, but I think so. I think the Lord had it all worked out far better than I ever understood. Probably far better than I'll ever understand until I get to glory and he explains it all. But the truth, you go, well, why would God want me? Because he loves you. Because he wants what's best for you. Because he's a wonderful God. And he goes ahead and reminds us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In that Jericho, isn't that a stronghold? Doesn't God want it to go down in your life? Well, you can make the walls fall down. Pretty easy to take a city when all the walls are down. Especially when they're not really expecting all the walls just to randomly fall down. They're standing there going, we're good, we're secure, we're safe, we're... Uh, not so much anymore. And they're terrified. Christ always is the victor. 
He always wins. Name one time when Jesus didn't win. Even when he looks like he's going to lose, right? Like every movie you've ever seen, right? The victor always, like the hero always seems like he's about to lose and then he's got to come back and make this great victory. So where'd they get that from? The Bible. Thematic throughout the, they stole it. They stole it all the time. You say, well, Jesus was after some of those things. Yeah, but Job wasn't. How do you like that? Job wasn't. From the brink of destruction, how about Noah? From the brink of destruction to victory? Yeah. Over and over again. It's over and over again. You know what God does? He takes men from the brink of destruction and he resurrects them. It's what he always does. Say, well, I'm, I'm downtrodden and I'm, I'm a failure and I just can't get victory and I can't get... Let Jesus Christ give you a victory. He's given the victory. Jericho's yours, okay? Jericho's mine, all right? How do I get it? Listen to the plan. He tells you the plan. Say, where do I find the plan? In a Bible. <laughs> you pray and go, give me the answer. I, gotta, I need a victory. How do I get it? And the Lord gives you the answer and then you know what you do? You do what he said. It's pretty simple. And he gives you a Jericho because he always wins. Even when everything looks terrible, God always wins. So, well, it looks pretty bad right now. Doesn't matter. You got him. You got the captain of the Lord's hosts. Well, he always wins. What's there to worry about? He's sitting there on the boat. We're all going to die. Why are you so fearful? It's just a little storm. The boat's filling up with water, man. That's the problem. Yeah, but I'm here. And I never lose. By the way, Joshua chapter 2, or Joshua uh, back there in chapter 2 and verse 15, her house was on the wall and the Lord gives her divine protection because she decides to listen to God. Right, Joshua 2.15, he says she's, her house is on the wall. Now, I don't know how God did this. I really don't. I don't know exactly how high up on the wall she was. I don't know all these things. But I do know that she was on the wall. That's where her place was. And she left that scarlet line out there and everything was all good. And that one section of wall somehow stayed up. And the rest of them all fell down. Now, how did he do that? I don't know. But he promised to protect her. I know one thing. All things are with, upholding with him by the word of his power. So he just held up that wall for just a little bit. Let them get their victory. I don't know. Maybe it fell down after they left. Got them all down and then everything went. I don't know. He just held it up long enough for them to get out. Battle ensues. Everybody dies. Rahab and her family come down. God says, okay, I can fall over. I don't know. I do know one thing. He always protects the ones who are willing to trust him. There's always protection if you're willing to trust him. Safety is always of the Lord. And it's his mercies we're not consumed. And it's him who goes ahead and protects her, and her sign of faith was to drop that scarlet line out and say, I trust you. You don't think anybody could see that? 
giant red streak down the side of the wall. Well, what's that signifying? Who knows? Walls fall down. Can the Lord protect me? You do what he said, he'll always protect you. When you do what God told you to do, all the consequences are his. All the consequences are his. I'll simplify. Maybe you didn't get that. Salvation. How do you get it? Not a trick question. How do you get salvation? Okay, thank you. Wow. I was nervous that none of you were saved in here. I was like, what happened? All right. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Simple, right? Keep it simple. Okay, we're not, I'm not going complicated. All right. Believe on the Lord. If you did that, who keeps your salvation? He does. He does. It's his. I did my part. What's his? His part is making sure I get heaven for all of eternity because that's what he promised. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world. He gave you a promise. The promise is you believe on me and I go ahead and wash you of all your sins. I give you my righteousness and you get heaven forever. You step in front of him, uh, the first song in our hymnal. My faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one, his wounds for me they plead. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. You're going to step in front of the Lord of all of the universe. And you know what you get to say? All I did was trust your son. Do with me what you will. But that's, that's the only argument I've got. I've got the word of God and the promise of God. And if you put me in hell, I deserve it. But you said... So then the outcome's up to him. And you know what his promise is? I will in no wise cast you out. Come on in. Salvation's the same. Victories are the same. Personal victories are the same. You can have them. You can have them. Because the outcome is always his, so then he's always protecting you. It's based upon his word and his promise. So what if, I, what if I mess something up because I didn't quite understand it? Well, God knows, remembers that we are but dust. And he goes ahead and fixes our frailties. So how do you know that? Because when you got to Hebrews chapter 11, those guys who all messed up in the Old Testament didn't seem like they messed up ever. The Lord likes to do? Love covers a multitude of sins. So he goes, you know what, I'll just, I'll just cover that up. That's fine. You know, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'll forgive you. You messed it up. You came to me, and if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just. And I'll just forgive that. We'll just we'll move on. Let's try again. That's the God that he is. He wants you to have the victory. He wants you to keep trying. He wants you to keep learning. He wants you to keep growing. He wants to give victories. And he wants to protect you in the battle. Now, you get to the spot here at the end where you're supposed to have all the inheritance and all the things are supposed to come in and they're supposed to go ahead and all the, all the spoils, right? The children of Israel are allowed to enjoy the rest, which God promised by his faithfulness. Uh, he goes ahead and takes care of them. 
He meets their needs. This is the start of them entering the promised land. He's going to follow through on his deal. He's chosen and he's gone ahead. It's his promises. He's going to come through. You read the rest of the book of Joshua and, and you, you get all these victories and the distribution to the 12 tribes are there and they get these little enemies here and there that they're going to fight off and they're going to conquer and they're going to take care of. They're going to wipe all these people out. And those enemies are good. What do you mean those enemies are good? Those enemies are good because it keeps you dependent upon the Lord in all of your warfare. Say, well, why can't I just be done fighting? You will. By way of the clouds or way of the clods. You'll either go up or the Lord will put you in a grave and you'll be done fighting. There will be a rest for the warfare. It's just not today. And maybe a trumpet will sound and you and I will be gone today. But boy, you say, how long am I going to have to fight my flesh? As long as your flesh is still able to breathe. You're stuck dying daily. You're still fighting the flesh. You're still living in a world that is wicked. The devil's still out there trying to go ahead and get what he wants. And he's still trying to steal and kill and destroy. And he's still trying to do all those things. That, that's all going to be there until when? Until the end of this life for us. Say, so what does it do? It just makes sure you keep relying on the one who's always won all of your battles. It's a good deal. You're you can be exactly in the place where God wants you. And you know what you'll have? you'll still have battles to fight. I think of Seamus standing there in the middle of the ground. Everybody else runs away and he's standing there. You know what it is? He's standing where he's supposed to stand and the battle's just coming to him. Just how it's going to be. You take any stand for God, you know what you'll have? You'll always have a fight. The devil doesn't like men who stand. They don't like families who want to stand. They don't like kids that'll stand. They don't like wives that'll stand. They don't like it. And so you know what you get? You get a fight. Well, how do you let the Lord fight and guide you? Well, you follow your leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. You have patience and faith. It takes a lot of patience to walk around a city for seven days. It takes a whole lot of faith, too. You have to trust God to do the impossible. The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Well, God could never. Yeah, he can. And you need to, trust, to obey God in every detail, even when it doesn't make much sense. Everyone had to shout. Every detail. Sometimes he's very particular on how he wants you to do things. Sometimes he's a little looser on how. But normally, you know what? You get to i got to wrap up, but you, you get to the design of the temple, the tabernacle he sets up for Moses, and he gives him the pattern, and he lays all that stuff out. You ever, you ever get annoyed reading that passage? Right? Where he's like, you got to do this and this and this, and he lays everything out down to the, you know, everything, down to like the stitches, you know? And then he follows it with, and they, and he says the exact same thing. Like, why can't you just be like, they did it? Why do we got, why do we go back and do the whole thing all over again? Because he wants you to understand he was in the details. Sometimes the details matter. Sometimes we're not getting our victory because we're not following the details. 
Sometimes we're letting those little foxes spoil the vines. And they remove our victories because we've decided we don't want to listen to all the little things. We just, well, I've got the general theme. Oops. Well, I got the concept. Well, I've got, I've got the generalities. I mean, I get the point. Except God cares about His words. Every word of God is pure. So that every piece of His instruction is pure. So then, out of the perfect law of liberty, then you get to go ahead and find what I'm supposed to do within that liberty. I would love to have a Jericho. Well, then you better go ahead and obey the Lord. Follow his command and trust he's got it all under control. Father, I thank you for the morning. I thank you for your goodness. I pray you would bless the morning service now. Father, I thank you for the Sunday school hour. I pray it was a blessing and a help even today. Lord, we love you. We do pray you'd bless the services. Lord, if someone comes in today without Jesus Christ, I am going to mention salvation this morning. I pray you'd bring some lost folks in. I pray the gospel would be clear to them. But Father, I do pray you would. Encourage and strengthen the brethren this morning. We love you. We pray you would come back soon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, take a break.